The future is going to be about people and, and watching who the right people are and also people that are not afraid to make partnerships because you're able to see what people are going to do two to three years in the future. Welcome back to the Future of Pickleball. This is the show on Selkirk TV where we talk to the people that are making the game grow, expand, and move on to bigger and better things. I want to in, uh, invite Jarrett Sherico to our show today. Welcome, Jarrett. Thank you for having me. I have looked forward to having you on the show. I know you do a lot of very interesting things in the game. You come out of an extensive tennis background. Why don't you give me just a little bit of an idea of what brought you here today and how you're involved in the sport of pickleball? Well, Selkirk's the one that brought me here. I've uh, we started many different uh, endeavors in, in pickleball and rackets, um, and Selkirk has always been such a great partner for us um, and a believer in people. And for me, growing up playing tennis, I was 15 in the world juniors, and my whole life was about tennis. And uh, one day I realized, you know, the growth is in rackets, and I recognized pickleball as a growing sport really early. Um, and it was just something I jumped on from, you know, getting people to play pickleball to noticing pickleball needs to be played on clay. Um, and it just started to, to change in, in my industry, in the hospitality industry. It's really about rackets and it's about how one sport can grow another sport. And, and I found that pickleball is the greatest partner for tennis and tennis is the greatest partner for pickleball. And as they've grown each other, um, we've really seen this massive explosion. But uh, uh, among all that, what we also found is with the growth of rackets in the next five years, we're supposed to grow another 300% uh, and we're going to lose 30% of our professionals. And that's really because the average age of directors is 56 and people really stopped mentoring and, and it's our job as leaders to mentor the future of our industry. And as we invest in people, they're going to invest ultimately in our members and our clients and our lessons, and everybody can succeed together. Um, and we started something to solve that problem called the Directors Club, um, which is really, uh, it's the biggest network of industry leaders and professionals in the hospitality industry um, with the sole purpose to help each other do better and go further together. Um, and early on when we started this, um, I went to um, your head of partnerships, Kate, and I was talking and we were saying that we had this incredible idea to help people. Um, and I was, you know, we were looking for advice and guidance and, and really trying to collaborate and see how we can do this because the Directors Club is really not about one person, it's about everybody. Um, and Selkirk was such a big partner in the beginning um, and they really helped shape who we are today. And, uh, in less than a year, we've grown to almost 450 members at almost 100 clubs, right? Uh, I think 97 clubs now, um, not only in the U.S., but we're in Canada. Um, and it's growing because now people are helping each other. It's helping people get better jobs, make more money, be able to set the, the foundation for the future of, of the game, and, and everybody's doing better. Good, good. You know, one of the things that I think is important for our viewers to maybe understand is... What is the 
the role and the goal between when somebody comes in and they're helping run a club or manage a club and then moving it to the level that you guys are trying to bring it to, how does that work? What, what will a pro that becomes involved in the director's club see for their own career and the success of their own operation? The thing I find so special about the hospitality industry and what I do is, and I, I think it's the same whether you're a general manager or whatever position you are is, Everybody has the same title. You know, you're, it used to be director of tennis, now it's director of rackets. But if I was to go to five different clubs, the job is going to be incredibly different at those five different places. Mm -hmm. The membership's different, the money's different, the, the obstacles and, and what you have to do. And so there's no one-size-fits-all be able to teach somebody. And what we wanted to do is be able to provide that, that middle ground so we can say, hey, if you need something, we're gonna be able to put you in contact with a person that can help you. And that's really what it was about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then there's little things that, that show people examples on how do you grow. So when I started at Royal Oaks, um, they did about $900,000 a year in revenue. So for a, a club in the hospitality industry, that's a huge number. And most people would say, you know, we don't need pickleball, tennis is huge, especially in a place like Dallas where tennis is huge. But in less than three years, two and a half years, we do now almost $2.6 million a year in revenue. And that's, and that's because we added pickleball and we are able to cross program and the pros start to learn. But, you know, I think the biggest thing that we can do as leaders is help people move on. And I think a lot of times we get somebody, we invest in them, we certify them and you know, someone would think, you know, if they leave, this is terrible. You know, they screwed us almost because they <laughs> left. And I think sure. it's the opposite. You know, it's like having kids. When they go off to college, when they get married, it, it, it's not the end of a relationship. It's just the relationship changes. And so true leadership and mentorship is saying, I'm going to invest in you. And when you leave, I'm not going to be mad, but I'm going to celebrate you leaving because now we can do more things together. The relationship changes. It's a great and, approach. And that's what we do. You know, we showcase what's happening, but we also connect people. And I always like to think, you know, like back in the 80s and 90s, when you look at a phone book to get somebody's number, well, the director's club gives everybody's club, their number, their cell phone, what they do. So it, it gives you that introduction that you otherwise wouldn't have. So now in the director's club, are your members the clubs themselves that they cover their employees, or is it the individual pros that become members of the director's club? It's a great question. So it's both. So we have corporate memberships for you know companies such as the USTA campus uh, at Flushing Meadows. The whole the whole campus, all their employees are members. We have um, we have companies that are members um, because it's very leadership based. Um, we have individual members. So this is something for yeah. The directors club is made up of about sixty five percent directors and head professionals, and about you know, 35 to 40% of general managers and food and beverage directors. And, and people often go, well, why would you have a food and beverage director on there? And if you understand the progression in the hospitality industry, mm -hmm. those are going to be future GMs who are now going to need to know how to hire, compensate, retain leadership to be able to, to grow. So um, I would say the bigger clubs, so like when you look at the River Oaks and the Cherokee Town and Country and Dallas Country Clubs and Royal Oaks, that we have 12 to 20 people on staff, a club membership makes sense. 
And then for the smaller clubs, because you know a lot of these big clubs in the Northeast, whether it be Greenwich Country Club or things of that size, Philly Cricket, they might only have three or four employees. So they'll usually start with an individual membership. And then what we do is we prorate it as they, they grow their staff, because the goal is not to take as much money as we can from people. Sure. It's to get the whole club involved, because the busier you are, the harder it is to be able to find time to mentor somebody. But if they can come on and they're learning, well, then they're going to be inspired to go to you and say, teach me something. And it's easier to teach something when it's targeted rather than a general thing of knowing, you know, what is it that they, they need to know? You know, one of the things that I do on this show is I've interviewed a lot of the owners, CEOs of some of the big developing franchise organizations that are, are planning, building, growing pickleball-centric clubs. Would those be appropriate uh, partnerships for you? Absolutely. So we have partnerships with, you know, um, Dill Dinkers, uh, Court Reserve. Um, we have partnerships with car dealerships. Um, what we try to look for in partnerships is value that we can bring to our members. And a lot of times, you know, Wilson, for example, for tennis, just signed a, a partnership. It's not about looking to get something cheaper. Value is not getting something cheaper. Because if you focus on price, it's never going to be cheap enough. Right. What we focus on in value is that connection point. So if I want to make, for example, with Selkirk, say, say somebody needs paddles for their shop. If you're a director and you're moving around the country, it's a different rep anywhere you go. But to be able to have that contact point with one person that could solve that, sure. instantaneously it creates ease. And the easier we can make it for directors, the more successful that they're going to become. So for example, like Court Reserve, that's a court reservation system. If you're going to sign up on your own, you have to go through a whole tutorial and watch it and then go through one of the people that works there. It's a headache. Yeah. But now if you sign up through the Directors Club, you're speaking to one of the owners directly. That can quick start that and it makes it easier. So that's what we look for, the value and the experience to make it easier for everybody. That is very cool. You know, one of the things that's been interesting for me uh, watching pickleball, and I've been around the game now quite a while, is how the business development side of it is happening. And it, it really is just sort of exploding here over the, the last two years. What do you see happening from the pure business side of things? Or what would your hope be of where the sport will go in the next two to five years from a business professional standpoint? So I've been talking a lot in, in talks this year about relevancy. And I remember it always goes back, and I'm sure I'll get in trouble for talking about this at some point, but I, I sat with Justin Malou five years ago at, at Indian Wells. And he's, if people don't know who he is, he's the COO of uh, USA Pickleball. And at the time I said, Justin, why don't you guys buy pickleballtournaments.com? If you sign up for a tennis tournament, you go to the USTA website. That's where they make money, but that's also how they stay relevant. And at the time, I mean, he's a fantastic guy, but he's a worker. He's, he's working, trying to keep the place afloat, trying to make it grow. And at the time, it just, it wasn't on their radar. And I said, you know, Justin, if you don't, somebody else is gonna buy it. I remember when I was younger, I tried to buy it, but they didn't wanna, you know, they didn't wanna sell at the time. And flash forward three years past then, when a guy named Tom, Tom Dundon says, I love pickleball, become, befriends Ben Johns and says, how do I control pickleball? You buy pickleballterms.com, yes, Pickleball Central, you buy the PPA Tour, and in an instant, USA Pickleball is, is not really relevant anymore. I think they're incredible, they do a lot of great stuff, but the relevancy is not the same because now you see with partnerships, now MLP is partnered with, with um, PPA Tour. And, and I think it shows you something where if you're not thinking two to three steps ahead, 
you're going to fall behind. And, and when you see different money grabs and, and everyone trying to make money off of things, it's an exciting time because that means the sport is really exploding. And so I think the future is going to be about people and, and watching who the right people are and also people that are not afraid to make partnerships. And that's something that Selkirk does, and I think Kate's done a fantastic job with, is making the right partnerships, but doing it because you're able to see what people are going to do two to three years in the future. I think that you're going to see the certification start to change. So when you look at PPR, Professional Pickleball Registry, and, and USA, uh, USPTA Pickleball, you know, initially, the PPR and the PTR, the tennis registry, were separated as separate, and there was a mm -hmm. big battle to be able to put them back together. And the focus is supposed to be on your, your members. You know, you want to, when, when PTR and USPTA were founded for tennis, it was about to give certification to provide coaches experience to become better coaches so they can go give better lessons. And that was what pickleball is supposed to be founded on. But now what you're seeing is because USTA is now taking over the certification in tennis, you have these tennis entities that are now just focusing on we need to get pickleball signups because that's going to give us more money to be able to have a lifeline. Sure. And it's becoming about signups instead of experience. And so what I think you're going to see in the next two to three years is you're going to see those two organizations start to fade because people are going to wake up to um, it's now about education, not certification. It's about putting yourself out there to learn, and you're going to see new certifications that pop up. I'm hoping one falls under Selkirk because I think they have the, the ability and it's about the platform that you have. Sure. And, you know, something I've always believed in why I, I love the partnership with Selkirk and the Directors Club is Selkirk's not afraid to jump in and lead. A lot of times it's easy to get complacent and comfortable, but Selkirk's never been that company. Right. And I think you're going to see the big companies jump in and change the certification game. I, I love that. One of the things that I see in all the traveling that I do around the country for Selkirk is the player satisfaction, the experience satisfaction is, is really lost a lot of places where there can be a lot of noise and a lot of talk about what's being done. But when you ask the specific players, they're spending more time talking about what they're unhappy with rather than what they're excited about. So I think what you're talking about could be a great, great expansion into the sport. Well, Selkirk does an incredible job at making you feel like it's a part of your own. And it's something I remember I flew uh, to, was it Corey? Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene, I mess it up all the time. But you know, I flew out there to film some videos for, for Selkirk TV. And I was, I was just so taken by the experience where even to me and to the people that were jumping in the videos, it felt like it was a company that we all belonged in, that we all were a part of. Absolutely. And we were talking about experiences and trying paddles. And, and even to when they brought lunch over and what we're talking about, I felt like I knew these people for years and I had just met them. And, and that's something I wanted to emulate with the Directors Club too. You know, when you, these GMs are something called CMAA in, in the hospitality world, um, Club Managers Association of America. And they have... You know, they have sectional conferences, but they have a big national conference. And for GMs, you could see somebody once a week or you can see them once a year. Mm -hmm. And it feels like you've known them forever. And that's what we wanted to create with the Directors Club. And that's what I think Selkirk has created, which is, which is truly special. And because people feel that, they buy into the vision. Right. And then they're going to invest their time. When you look at USPTA Pickleball and Professional Pickleball Registry, its lifeblood is volunteers that are certifying pros. 
that are believing in what's going on. So when they don't believe in it anymore because they see what's happening, they're going to move on. And I think as we grow, we have to also remember you know, who's responsible for that growth. And it's always going to be somebody else. So it's one, being appreciative, but it's two, giving back. And I can tell you with Selkirk, when we put them in my shop at Royal Oaks, at the time, you know, you know, Scotty Scheffler, the number one golfer in the world, is there, uses Selkirk. So the $250 paddle two years ago at Country Club, you would think would never sell. I can't sell anything under $250 now because everybody wants it. And at first, it might be used because Scotty uses it or, you know, James Ignatovich uses it or somebody. But then once you play with it and you realize, wow, the quality and the feel, and then now there's Selkirk TV, I can learn, and there's you're tied into this network that you just are grateful to be a part of. You're a great commercial for us, buddy. <laughs> I want to say thank you so much for that. You know, you're, re you're really making an interesting point because those of us that have really been in the game a long time came into it because of the social, the camaraderie, the, the thing. I mean, I played tennis my entire life. The experience that I started having when I came into the community was great. And I hope that through whether it's the club systems, but it's going to be the leadership that retains that and keeps that going. So I want to, you go, man, make that stuff all happen. Oh, thank you. It's, it's, it's been pretty special. Now, in, in terms of how does someone watching this say, I want to reach out to them? How do they get in touch with the Directors Club? Sure. Well, you can go online on our website. It's called the Directors Club of America.com. Um, and what it is, is when we started it, when you think, you know, what is it? Like, it's, it's this network. But what I always thought is, you know, I, I speak at conferences all over the country. Um, and when I go there, what I found is there's two to three speakers you want to hear. And it's always, who do you emulate? Who makes the most amount of money? Who's at the biggest club? Who's, who's got the biggest name? Sure. And you listen to them, and it's great. But the rest of a conference is always just filler. And what you actually learn at conferences is at night, when you go to the bar or you go to the restaurant, you see the, the biggest directors, the biggest speakers are hanging out with each other. And if you don't have that network, it doesn't do anything for you. It motivates you for a day, and then it's gone. And so what we do is every bi-weekly or every three weeks, we have these Zoom meetings that are now averaging 70 to 90 people live. Um, and then they're being viewed by hundreds afterwards because we email it out. But we have the, the biggest speakers, not just in the rackets industry, but you know beyond. We've had you know, the number one trauma surgeon um, in the United States on um, a couple weeks ago, which I think probably was our best talk. And you learn about these experiences, but it's not just what they do. We teach them. We always ask what their story is. Because it's one thing to be successful, but the lessons and the behaviors and the traits are how did they get to be successful? And so, you know, you don't miss anything. When you sign up, you get all the past videos. You get a Selkirk paddle, which I think is phenomenal. Um, but you get to be a part of something from the ground level that is now steering the ship of rackets and is going to dictate the future of, of the industry. So, yeah, you can go to the Directors Club of America.com or um, if you Google my name, my number comes up just about everywhere. Cool. Um, and call me. Good. Jared, I want to thank you so much. This has been really insightful. Um, it feels to me like this is the natural growth progression from the business side of the sport. Uh, it's terrific that you've taken a lead on that. And I am so glad that you got Miss Kate Wilson on your, on your agenda.
because she does put us together with a lot of very, very fun people. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you we were going to have a fun, interesting interview together. If you're a professional in the sport, really think about what's going on here. This is what helps our sport grow. And those of us that are trying to be professionals in it, it's a perfect vehicle and tool to enhance your skills and abilities. Thank you, Jared. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.